<laughs> welcome. To, I guess I wasn't ready, Rich. Welcome to uh, welcome to live, everybody. Good to have you with us here on Bash University Tuesday. We're calling this Ticket Sales Tuesday. Our Bash University classes are up and running. Uh, and I need mouth, my mouthpiece in there. there uh, ticket Sales Tuesdays. Our classes are up and running. Guys, go to thebashuniversity.com. Get a ticket. We're going to be coming to your neighborhood uh, with, with a host of amazing speakers, in, including Ike and John Cruz and uh, so many more uh, that, are, that are coming to our classes this year. That you, uh, Lee Livesey is going to be with us in Texas. We've got a great lineup in Texas. We're coming to uh, Athens, Texas, just outside Dallas. We'll be in Shreveport. We are going to be in Anderson, South Carolina, just a couple weeks. Uh, and Gadsden, Alabama. We look forward to going back to all of these places and seeing all of our friends and uh, and learning. Well, hey, one really cool component of the Bash University classes this year is Sonar, Advanced Electronics, to from basic to advanced electronics. In, yes. in the house, we are going to have uh, the professional installers, and pro, pro operators of the system. So I don't care what brand you run. I run Humminbird, uh, and but we're going to have representatives there from all the big three, Garmin and Lawrence and Humminbird. They're going to be there on site. We have the Bass Tanks going to be with us in Texas and Shreveport um, with John Soka and his crew, which is great. So, you, you know, if you, gotta, if, you, if you have questions about uh, how to operate them, we got you. Questions about installation? We got you. Installation is so key when you're dealing with these advanced electronics, uh, making sure that you're using the right harness, uh, eliminating interference, getting the voltage up to where you need it for these units to operate at their peak. Uh, we got you. We're gonna, we're gonna, so we got the Bass Tank coming. We have Sonar Pros at Anderson, uh, and we have Bucks Island uh installation specialists are going to be with us in Gadsden. So we, we're going to have you covered. So uh, really excited about adding electronics to the classes this year. If you buy a two-day ticket today. Wait, this is our last day. Yeah, it's our last day. So if you buy a two-day right. ticket to any of our seminars in Anderson, Gadsden, Athens, <clears throat> or Shreveport, you will get sent from us a Rapala DT6, Rapala hat, Big Bite Baits, Tilapia Magic, VMC Tokyo Rig, and a Bashu Face Shield. Nice. It's pretty awesome. So get your tickets. Yep. How cool is that? Uh, and not to mention, when you come on site, we're really, this is like the early bird stuff. We, if you, you're buying a ticket now, today's the last day of our, our special uh, holiday gift pack. And uh, it ends tonight and midnight. So yeah, get your tickets now. Take advantage of that. But guess what? If you on site, we're gonna hook you up too. We've got mm -hmm. great stuff, including a Bash University T-shirt, yep. a great gift bag featuring Rapala and so many other great brands and great products. It's uh, it's and there's a ton of giveaways this year. We are going to be giving out yes. a ton of prizes at the end of Saturday's class, at the end of Sunday's class. Um, th uh, there's so many, so I, many giveaways. I know we're giving away some hydroways. Yeah, um, some. Um, what are they called? Like the light systems for boats. Yes. Stuff like that. Oh, TH Marine yep. light That's systems. pretty cool. Nice. Um, and then all of the anglers typically bring something to give away as well. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Mm. Um, so there, it, it could be a jersey. It could be a lot of things. So just, just be there. <laughs> just, just be there. And uh, I just, I, I want to, 
I mean, I can't wait to see you guys in class. Get over to thebassuniversity.com. Get your tickets. It's a great time to subscribe. You can't make it to class. Uh, you know, we have a great Nichols Lures uh, gift pack. This is a $50 uh, Nichols Lures. Thank you, Nichols Lures uh, gift pack that is available for new annual subscribers at Bass University. So check that out. Go get yourself subscribed. If you can't make it to class, all of our educational content is, is going to be available there. That's ending soon too, right? Yeah. Friday's the last day to get that six months for Friday. $69. Friday is the last day. It's a six month. It's a $69 subscription and you give you a $50 gift pack from Nichols. And in honor of that, today's show is going to be so cool. Our friend, a uh, longtime Bash University instructor, JT Kenny, is going to be with us. Uh, he's the man over at Major League Fishing, and he is a super uh, tournament champion, won many times over the years. We're going to be talking about something that is everybody's going to be dealing with is cold fronts, uh, how fish respond, how we get, you know, of course, where he lives in Florida, you get these, you get warming trends and these surging cold fronts all the time. And then as that, warm moves up to the rest of us we all deal with it and cold fronts especially in the springtime can radically impact the bite which how you have to adjust to it especially if we're dealing with florida strain bass like he's dealing with down down there but we heck we have them up as close to delaware around i want to know what kind of cold front there is in florida it's <laughs> miserable <laughs> it really is yeah they, they break out the mink coats and everything when it gets below 50 so <laughs> i'm curious they, i don't think they don't have coats I, that's an interesting <laughs> question for jt i don't i don't know if he owns winter coats anymore it's like <laughs> if i moved to florida no way yeah. no way although when i was in arizona last week and it was cold oh yeah i mean there were some really nice days but other than that it was cold and rainy hmm. there's something to it i don't know what it is is it the humidity I don't know, but when that cold front comes in Florida, it is bone chilling. Yeah, it wow. feels, it, the Florida cold is like it's it's really not that cold, but mm -hmm. when you're in Florida and it gets cold, it's like damn, it's cold. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, well, if you move, yeah, if you it, move down there, your thin blood, your blood thins out. Yep, and you're you're cold all the time if it's not eighty degrees. So <laughs> yeah, I I know I know that's the way they feel, and yep. uh, it's funny. I I do know people. They threw away all their winter coats, but uh. But we're going to be talking about that. Cold fronts is the most challenging thing in fishing, right? Um, if you're, you know, the if fish, especially the Florida strain, they're they're very difficult in cold front situations. A little bit easier in nor with the northern strain. They're a little bit more cooperative, but still, it's going to cause you to have to change. It's going to you change your tactics, your locations, uh, so many different uh, things, and. and we're actually dealing with a warming trend around here where the ice is almost gone, Rich. We were talking before we got on, just quick, the guy crashed into the floating ice mass. Yeah, so I, I don't know if, if the gentleman it's that crazy. did that is a Bash U subscriber or is watching, <laughs> but if you are, my condolences for you, bro, because you were running down the Northeast River at a clip. I mean, going 50, 60, maybe, full full speed, on, on pad, bass boat fiberglass the whole deal and where the ice is in the northeast river right now it's still thick it's still still two inches two inches thick like along the shoreline at my house i could walk out on the ice that's how how what? thick it's all the way is. down there yeah and i'm down i'm almost to turkey point yeah. and um so the ice in the northeast river that's still hanging around is thick 
and homeboy went from 60 to oh, zero <laughs> real quick and it sounded like Ouch. fireworks went off in the northeast river but oh. it was really just the sound of either fiberglass or ice getting crunched luckily i mean lucky for him i i saw him turn around he got back on from plane and went running back up the river the opposite way probably straight to the marina to put his boat on the trailer because he has a gaping <laughs> hole now but oh, man. ouch i don't know who you were but oh. we're feeling it for you man we've all done some dumb stuff whether it's skipping a sandbar or you know hitting a shoal now i've seen somebody hit ice blasting yeah. the ice uh yeah. well i love the i love the, the enthusiasm i mean he, <laughs> he really really wanted to make it to the to the to the northeast isles docks to, to play yeah, yeah. them he because he was gonna he was gonna do it it's the time of year <laughs> that's the best keel guard commercial I ever heard oh, <laughs> man. yeah right yep what a deal that's uh that's scary scary stuff because a lot of times you can't really see the ice that well but I, and i know like the, the that last remaining ice is where the fish tend to get under you know right, and they'll right. hold there and uh the big gizzard gizzard chat i got i got some images of these gizzard chat just everywhere up in in that part of our bay um and they're congregating in this cold water and of course you know those those giants are uh are right there with them but well that's that's crazy story i know we filmed in the ice and it's it's the most excruciating sound you've ever heard if you're a boat owner, a fiberglass boat owner. Yes. When you when your boat rubs up against that edge of that ice, it just it it shatters and cracks. It's it sounds like somebody's got a I don't know, a knife and they're just gouging <laughs> down the side of your fiberglass gel coat. Oh, horrible. Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> but you guys bad. still do it. Right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty pretty nuts, but Guys, we're live here from Tackle Direct Studios. Um, if you're in the market right now for a boat, uh, it's a good time. You know, it's it that spring is <laughs> going to be here soon. It's right around yeah, the corner. If, if and you, you got just, some Christmas money. Yeah. yeah if, if you just mm. smashed into an ice flow, <laughs> yeah, we you, got you. Yeah. <laughs> get your boat fixed and then sell it quickly. <laughs> um, but no, head over to BassBoatForSale.com. All the boats on Bass Boat For Sale are tournament ready and they have a boat for every budget. I mean, from, you know, under 10K all the way up to the the highest price points you can imagine and everything in between there's a boat there for you um also check out our friends over at hobie eyewear um these are some amazing sunglasses that are lightweight awesome lenses and a lot of their models float so if you're one of those guys that leans over the side of the boat your hat falls off your glasses fall off well guess what your sunglasses are going to float you're not going to lose them and uh also make sure you head over to tackle direct uh to, to get ready for the spring always awesome deals going on over there always good stuff and uh they'll they'll get it to you quick the, the shipping at the tackle direct is amazing it'll be at your door in like a day like the all, all this past season they would bail me out i'd text ryan like dude i need six of these color tomorrow yep. and then they stop biting that color tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> guaranteed yeah guaranteed well check out our boys at tackle direct we're proud to be uh Brought to you by Tackle Direct Studios. I want to give a, um, a quick uh, shout out, I guess, man. Thoughts and prayers to Demar yeah. Hamlin. Did you guys see? Oh yeah. my goodness! See yeah. that football player? That terrible. Um, just really had a cardiac arrest uh, right in front of us all, and, and see how it affected the all, all the teams who just rallied around him in, in prayer, really, and uh, and it, and shut that shut the football game down. Uh, what what a hard thing. I, you know, I understand, you know, he's uh, under on his way to recovery. I really don't know the latest. I saw the news early this morning. I hope improvement has continued 
and uh, and he's going to be up and around. But I uh, just couldn't help be struck by that. I happened to be watching the game last night. And I really did appreciate crazy. that they didn't keep replaying it. What happened? They yeah. just they they said something happened, and they 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 did cancel the game or suspend the game. So. Did, did, did you see? I did. I watched it. Yeah. I mean, it was it was when the man stood up. He he, he made a nice hit, nice tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he stood up and it just uh yeah. just collapsed like that. You very know, like sad. very very sad. It's yeah. uh, but yeah, we'll find out more details and thoughts and prayers to him and his family and uh, hope the road to recovery yeah. is good. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. We're gonna be right back with a uh, man, good friend of mine, ours at Bash U. Long-time instructor uh, and a super talented angler, JT Kenny. We're going to be talking cold fronts. We'll be right back after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of marupa pedra wood. It's extremely dense. It's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel. Providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's made right here in North Carolina in the USA. 
strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Hey guys, welcome back to Bash University Live. Um, got a fun show. Our good friend JT Kenny is going to be with us here. We're going to be talking about cold fronts and uh, and a lot of other great stuff um, here at Bash U. By the way, go over to thebashuniversity.com. Get your tickets. All the classes are there. We have just a couple more speakers to to add to the list, which we will be doing shortly. But we've got it's the who's who of who's making it happen, who's winning in tournament fishing, teaching about the things that they're really, really talented at. That's every Bash University. It's a Saturday and Sunday class. If it's cold out, come on in. It's a great time to learn. Spend Saturday and Sunday with the Bash University and all your Bass buddies. Uh, go over to thebashuniversity.com and check that out. Without any further ado, I see him on the screen over there. This is a tournament champ now the greatest announcer in the history of fishing, <laughs> our friend JT Kenny. How are you, man? Hey. Wow, the greatest. Nobody's called me the greatest except for feeding lines of bullcrap most of the time. But I'll, you know what I mean? If you want to take that, I will do it right now. <laughs> well, it's 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 been offered, man. And uh, and I enjoy watching it, man. I love watching you over there. It's it's a it's a lot of fun. You make you make it fun. You know, honestly, that's one of the really cool par parts about listening to you. Well, I, you know what? Honestly, and, and this might sound kind of funny, but it's it's one hundred percent true. Is I, I just try to be myself, and I like to say I try really hard not to try, and I actually mean <laughs> that. Like instead of trying to be in an, I just kind of say what I see and give my opinion and. Maybe not all of it, but, you know, because some of it might tend to, you know, maybe ruffle some feathers or in, in our terms of uh, us might piss some people off. Mm -hmm. I've been able to do that a little bit, but hopefully not too much. Nah, well, I, you know, I understand you got You got to reel it in a little bit, you know, and you're, you're live. The, the, are you operating on the delay? Do they have a beat button over there? Do they have to no, use As that? far as I know, no. And I've only messed up and cussed one time. <laughs> and, and, but here's what happened. Instead of trying to brush it under the rug, I just was like, whoops, had a little slip of the tongue there. Just owned it and rolled on. It. And never heard anything about it. So it happens. That we would expect nothing less from you, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to cover it up, you know, like, hey, it happens. No, just own it. We we were having this. Uh, this we're talking about cold. We're going to be talking about cold fronts here and diving in here a little bit. But uh, the question, 
you, I mean, you've become a Florida transplant. Do you own a winter coat anymore? Actually, I have two mink coats that are lined on the inside with fleece. Yeah. I like to wear a lot. Anytime it gets under 87 degrees, I'll put it on them. Uh, no, it's it, your life. <laughs> right? It's, I'm telling it's pretty pimp looking, actually. You know, I, I could really maybe, you know, get into some other kind of career if I keep wearing that coat that much. But for right now, I'm going to stick with the fishing stuff. But, you know, it's it's funny that we're, that we're doing this thing today and talking about cold fronts. And it's something that, you know, tournament fishing down here in Florida, and you know, and obviously all over the country, you know, Pete, you and I were out there in the trenches for years. But But it's funny that we're talking about this today because we just came out of one of the heaviest cold fronts that we've had in Florida. I actually, we got talking about it so much that I actually went back and looked at some of this stuff. The, the, the worst cold front we've had since 2010. And we had uh, Christmas Eve. It was, our high was like, it was like 48 and, and the low was, was 29 or 30. And then this wow. year, Christmas Day, our high was 41. And now when I say 41, when you get inland in Florida, like in, in, in you know, in Kissimmee and, and, and Okeechobee and those places, you know, it, the cold fronts are a, are a little heavier there. Uh, where I live over here, you know, in the Palm Bay area, you know, we're right on the coast. So, so the ocean kind of keeps everything a lot more moderate. But I'm talking about it was 41 for a high on Christmas day over here. Our water temperatures, at, you know, all the lakes around here in Palm Bay is, is where I typically fish. You know, we got Headwater, Stick Marsh, Garcia, Keenansville, you know, all these lakes. And most of them typically run about the same water temperature from lake to lake because really they're not that far apart. You know, as the crow flies, all those lakes are only a couple of miles apart. Now, it might take longer to drive to them just because of, you know, the logistics of driving to the boat ramps. But they're all pretty close. And the water temperature was 68, 67 uh, the day before Christmas Eve. Uh, the day or two after Christmas, water temperature was 53. And now I know that's not that cold for up north, but for down here, that you know, that's pretty cold. So, you know, we're going to talk about cold fronts today, and we are coming out of one right here. That's a, that was like that cyclone bomb that that clobbered the whole country. It was some kind of bomb, but it bombed down here too. I can tell you that. <laughs> it did, it reached all the way down to Palm Bay because you got man, Palm. You're down there. You're almost mm -hmm. down to the tip at Palm Bay. Yep, yep. We're pretty far down on the East Coast. Yeah. The uh, the headwaters, man. I the last time we were down there, of course, the, of course, this happens, right? We're filming, and the wind blows at 300 miles an hour. <laughs> it might uh, have been more than that. I remember that day. <laughs> but we we were, uh, and it was awesome. I still I still remember you a punching fish you caught. Yeah. Uh, I caught my first Ned rig fish ever. Uh, that day with your with your magnum ned rig yep yeah um, that, that, there's there's a lot of little stuff like that and if i remember that day it, it was it was a cold front don't get me wrong but it wasn't that cold but man that wind was just relentless i mean just just absolutely howling but we went out there and we got it done and we got it done in time to go have some chicken wings and a cold beer afterwards too if that, i remember right that's right we sure did well do you, do you remember the name of that place siggy's Siggy's. Siggy's was the name of that little bar. Yeah, that's Steph and I moved across town since then. We don't get to go there very much anymore. But yeah, we, we had a good time there. That was that was a fun day. Yeah, that, that was great. The wind hammered, but at that time, the headwaters, I guess, was, was not, not open yet. 
Correct. That and was not and a, now it's up and running. And uh, is, is it is it all what they say it is? It, it absolutely is. There there is no doubt in my mind. I think it's it's the best lake or one of the best lakes in the country. Um, I'll be honest with you. When it first opened, it was the most ridiculous thing that you've ever experienced in your life. Like the first two days it was open, I just went around on my trolling motor on eighty percent, throwing a black one thirty whopper plopper. And caught him and caught him and caught him. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. so stupid. So it's not quite that stupid anymore, you know, because that day, when it opened, it was like August 10th and the water temperature was 88, 89 degrees. And I'm catching them at two in the afternoon on a whopper plopper. It's not quite that stupid anymore, but it's still amazing. And if you put it into perspective, I might be a little bit off on these numbers, but this is really close. But, but Florida has a program called the, the Trophy Catch Program, which you can register any fish that you catch over eight pounds. So, and, and they kind of keep a, a running tally and they're using all this to help, you know, figure out how they can make Florida even a better fishing destination, even though it's where everybody wants to come in the wintertime and fish anyway, because we have some great big giant bass down here, but they're trying to make it even better. So they're accumulating all this, all this knowledge and all this data by these people catching these fish and registering well, in 2021, Headwaters had more fish over eight pounds registered than every other lake in the state combined, except for the second place lake. Wow. So that, that goes to tell you, like, you know, everybody can say, oh, it's great. Oh, that's, you know, this, that, it's great. But we have actual numbers to back it up that it has more trophy catch. And that's not to say that everybody that catches an eight pounder in Florida registers it in trophy catch of course they don't i try to but i've even i've even caught a few and kind of just slipped my mind forgot to do it but there is a, a you know a, a number that get done and like i said for for you to say that that you know one lake has gotten more registrations than every other lake except one other one combined that's that's pretty good fishing that is that's phenomenal fishing uh you know because it's it, <laughs> it's pretty impressive because like, it's funny listening to JT talk here, you know, it's like, ah, you know, I caught a couple eight pounders, forgot to register them, you know, like <laughs> they're a dime a dozen. But I, our own Riz this year caught a nine and a half pounder nice. on the just a couple weeks ago. Nice. Did you register that, Riz? Uh, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> believe Maryland has that program yet, but I, I really I wish they did it. That's something that the Chesapeake could honestly probably benefit from and. You know, if there was a little bit of fish study that went on there to see how many of those fish that we, you know, lug back to Northeast Marina week after week after week after week, if they stay there or if they go back out or, you know, what the numbers of, you know, big trophy class fish like that actually are swimming around out there. I'd, I'd be interested to see it, you know, and we've had the conversation before. Of radio like, tracking. I want radio tracking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to know. JT, you, I, you grew up fishing around here. I, I did. I did. And I, I've got a really interesting, interesting little, little story to tell going along with what he was just saying. So I grew up in, in the western end of Maryland. Now, I fished the, you know, the upper bay. I fished the, the lower Potomac a lot. But where I grew up was up in western Maryland around Deep Creek Lake. And that's that's really where I cut my teeth up there. So interesting story so down there in the tidal water of maryland where you guys fish a lot uh bass season is is open all year long it's just before june 15th they have to be 15 inches to keep after june 15th they're 12 inches 
Well, on the inland lakes in Maryland, we had it where you couldn't have a bass tournament. There was no keeping bass until June 15th. So every year up at Deep Creek Lake on June 15th, didn't matter if it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, didn't matter. There was a, there was a tournament always every year. And, and one of those tournaments that year, well, I don't remember what year it was. It would have been mid nineties, probably maybe late nineties. Uh, there was one of those tournaments. I think it was on like a Wednesday and I was fishing. I was back in, back in this little cove, you know, and there's, there's one dock back in this cove and, and a couple of little of the, uh, like the bank grass and like that willow grass. There was a couple of little points of willow grass and that's all that's in this cove. And I catch one about three and three quarters. Right. And, and at that time, deep Creek has definitely gone through its ups and downs like a lot of lakes do. But at that time it was, it was kind of in one of those lower, you know, places where a three and three quarter pounder was, a, was a big fish. Like you didn't see a whole lot of them at that time. And it had a bunch of those, like we call it, it had a bunch of those tattoos on it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like those little black spots. Black spots, yeah. Well, you, like we see that a lot on the on the Potomac River, but you never, ever saw those on Deep Creek Lake, like ever. So my point being is that on this Wednesday afternoon, this is a really unique bass for that lake at that time. It was a three and three quarter pounder with tattoos all over it. So anyway, so I weigh that fish in. And once again, this is either a Tuesday or a Wednesday. So I weigh that fish in that, you know, that, that tournament. And then probably, so it would have been the following Saturday night, we had a night tournament. And uh, I found myself back and it's probably six miles, I would say, from where I caught that fish to, to the, the state park where the, where the tournament weigh-in was. So of course I weighed the fish in whatever it was on Tuesday or Wednesday Saturday night in that same cove, I caught that fish out from underneath that boat dock in that same cove, 30 feet to the left of that boat dock, there was a little point of that willow grass. Dude, I caught that same fish like four days later and hauled him up there and weighed him in again. There's no doubt it was the same fish. Like I said, there's no tattoos on fish. And how far did he go? At Deep Creek. It was, I don't, I don't, I didn't measure it, but I mean, it's, it probably took five minutes at wide open, you know, to get back there. Six miles. That's five miles. Five yeah. miles. I mean, yeah, like I said, like I didn't get a protractor out and measure it, you know what right. I mean? Right. It's five minutes at wide open. Damn, four days, just, five like, miles. There is no doubt in my mind that was the same fish, like 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I fished up there all the time at that point, and that was the only tattooed bass I'd ever caught on Deep Creek Lake to that point. And like I said, and at that point, a three and three quarter was a big one. Some years after that, a three and three quarters at Deep Creek wasn't that big anymore. But at that time, it was a big one. So that was a super unique fish. And like, I guarantee it was the same fish. And I caught it 30 feet from where I caught it four days before. That's well, crazy. Wow. That's a, that's a big travel. And, and I know in the current situations like we have around here, they travel fast and far, you know, but but we lose them. And this is where I want it. This is where I want the tracking. This is where I need help. <laughs> the because uh, we we catch the crap out of them at ice out, and uh, we catch big ones, and then we just they just disappear and we lose them. Uh, and then all of a sudden, come April and May, here they come, and all these big tanks uh, show up, uh, and they're coming in to spawn. I guess they're just nomadic, you know. I figured, you know, with mega live and all our forward facing we're going to figure this out oh yeah better now 
but they got to be roaming with those striper schools out there, don't you think, JT? Yep, I certainly do. And and one of the things with with that that I've said a lot in probably the last twelve months, and, and I mean this wholeheartedly, you know, is that it is a super exciting time to be super involved in this sport right now. Whether if you work in this industry, if you're a fan, if you're because we are debunking a lot of stuff that we thought was gospel between and the major player of it is forward facing sonar seeing that a lot of these fish now now when when i'm saying debunking stuff i'm i'm saying that you know not all the fish do exactly what we thought they did you know what i mean like some of them do do what we thought but there's we're finding out there's a whole nother group of fish that live in these lakes and rivers that don't do anything like we thought, you know, like in one instance is like, you know, every fish uses contour lines like a highway to get back into the creeks to spawn. No, they don't. We're learning that they just swim out across the wherever the shad swim. That's where they go. Like a portion of the fish just do that. And we're learning that. And it's awesome. And 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 and, and another thing that's really in my mind, I like to use the word debunked, but in my mind has debunked a lot of stuff is is where I work. At major league fishing, you know, every fish is documented how deep it was caught, what time it was caught, what it was caught on. You know, so we have an actual rolling database of factual information. Yeah. And it's really interesting to be able to look and go back at that stuff. And and you just like you start looking at some of these trends of when the fish bit and and you know, just all kinds of different things. And you're like, wow, some of the stuff that I thought was you know, was totally factual. Now I've come to find out that it's, it's not. And, but, but like I said, I think it's awesome. It's exciting to be in a time when you're finding out the true fish behavior or more of the true fish behavior than what you thought. So I don't know. I I just, I I like that kind of stuff. I think it's a cool deal. I, I I like it too. And I'm in, Uh, you know, one of the cool things and and it kind of goes along with what you're saying is we're finding guys, uh, that are that are thriving in the in-between spots because of the forward facing uh right you know we would back in the day right we'd have two or three high percentage points or grass patches and we'd run them you know we'd hit that spot next spot next spot well it seems like that a lot of these guys are winning derbies now they're fishing that high percentage spot and then they're trolling to the next high percentage spot using forward facing and picking off giants that that we would never ever have made a cast for. Previously. Oh yeah, there's there's no doubt about it, and 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 it's just opening up so many so many more windows, and and also going to show you that all the fish aren't doing the same things at the same times. Mm. And, and and speaking of that, one of the biggest things that I've learned since I've been you know obviously I've watched every minute now of every MLF event that that there's been. And uh, barring a, a, a little a little uh, bathroom break every once in a while, <laughs> but other than that, you know, I've watched every single minute of it. Um, the interesting thing to me, and I actually saw it back while I was fishing, but I didn't realize what was going on until watching the real time scoring at, with MLF. And this has just blown my mind. But so, just take for instance, you're you're running down the lake. 
uh, first morning of the tournament, and you look over there and you see two guys, and you know they're good guys, right? You know that those are guys that catch them. And you see these two guys over there, and you're thinking, man, I practiced over there. Dude, that looks right, but I didn't get a bite. You know what I mean? What they're starting there, like, come on, give me a break. You know what I mean? And you come back in and you're you're happy with yourself. You're maybe in the top 20 or whatever. And those two jokers that started on the place that you practiced and didn't get a bite, they're sitting in third and seventh. And you're like, how in the world? I never got a bite there. I'm getting ready to tell you some, I mean, I'm gonna drop some fact bombs right now that blow that really blew my mind and and, and that fish bite sometimes and sometimes they don't. And I know you're going to say, oh, we all knew that. No, I'm talking <laughs> about real-time data that shows that fish bite sometimes and sometimes they don't. And and, and what I've learned is that if, if you're out there on a, you know, you're, whether you're fishing a, you know, a little Tuesday nighter and, and you get to go out on Monday night and practice for a few hours or, or you're in a national tournament, Bassmaster Elite Series or MLF or whatever, if, if you feel like that looks right, you need to go back two hours later and try it again or go back four hours later and try it again because it's amazing to look at that data that we get from the from the catch uh, rates on MLF to see, like, so we got 40 guys out on the water, right? This is, this is just a for instance. This isn't an actual story, but just say for the first hour and a half, there's nine fish caught. In the next hour and a half, there's 116 caught. And, and I'm talking about guys down by the dam, guys up in the river, just the entire catch rate. It's just like the whole lake is off for a few hours, and then every fish in the lake's biting for a few hours. And then it slows down a little bit, maybe moderates, and then they bite really good again for a few hours, and then, and then it just kind of falls off. Now, I, I would love to be able to figure out what that is. And I can tell you 100% factually as well, that it's not the moon. It doesn't, <laughs> I have looked at now, but with that being said, with that being said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got Marty coming in to dispute. He would debate me to the end on this. But so here's <laughs> the funny thing though. It might actually be the moon, but how we determine it. And when I say we, I'm referring to, whoever puts that feeding table out, like the dude that writes the farmer's almanac or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like how they determine when is going to be the feeding window and when is not going to be the feeding window, that's skewed. It's not right. So I'm going to sit here and admit that it could be the moon that makes those feeding windows open and close. Very well could be. But how it is calculated right now, it's it's wrong because because you can just look at the data and it's wrong. It's, it's interesting. And, and wrong. Like it's like a broken clock. Like like once out of a six day tournament, it'll be right on the money. And so, everybody that likes the moon phases will be like, "Ah, oh, see, I told you." And I'm like, "What about the other five days when it wasn't?" Ah, don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, guys, if you have questions for JT, uh, hit us up on our IM board at, at bashu.tv. And Jocelyn will get you passed over. By the way, we were doing a Facebook like and share yeah. contest. Like us and share us over there on that feed. And we're going to be giving away uh, a cool prize today. One of our cool Nichols Lure packs uh, is going to be given away at that prize. And we have, and pay attention because we're going to be asking a question based on what we talked about today. And 
is that the same price for that too? It's the same price, but we're adding a little bit to it with Ooh. the Bashu hat and a face shield. Awesome. Nice. I know. Uh, do you have a question? For we JT? do. Um, everyone, one of our subscribers, actually multiple, want to know, is that data from MLF available to the public to analyze or is it just MLF? I don't, honestly, I don't know. I'm sure. It, I don't know. I don't have to find out. I guess that's a great question. I really don't know. I know it comes to me in an email at the end of the day, every day after every thing. So, you know, when I'm studying for the next day's, you know, commentate for the next day, I got, you know, it just comes in. I, I don't know if there's a way you can get on the, you know what? There actually, there is, there's some kind of score tracker app or something that you can get that has all of that stuff on there. Now it might not have it broken down into like, there was this many fish caught on this hour and there was this many fish caught on this hour. You might have to go down and, you know, look at each score and see what time it is and maybe create your own little pie chart or graph or whatever, if you want to do it like that. But, uh, but yeah, you can get on that score tracker deal and, and see all that. And it has all the information, how deep the fish was caught, what it was caught on exactly what time it was caught, you know, cause when they, they enter all that into the score tracker, so it's on there. So yeah. Yeah, there absolutely is. Now, I, I don't know the exact app and all that stuff, and I probably should, but I don't. But I know it's out there because I remember us talking about it on, on air. Let, let me uh, let me ask you this. As a, you know, a, a tournament guy, you've been successful here. You're watching this a lot more now. But what what? how would you change your fishing, learning what you're knowing now about these bite windows? Uh, the, the, so the, the – the particular question you just asked on the bite window, how would that change my fishing? Honestly, it would be kind of exactly what I said was if I saw something and I don't care if you're talking about, uh, you know, pad stems in the pre-spawn, or if you're talking about uh, the ledge with the perfect current flow over top of it in the post-spawn or anything in between, just when you know what the deal is going on on a lake, like you're like, okay, this is what they're doing. And you roll up on a spot in practice and you're looking around and you roll up on a spot and you're like, this is it. You know what I mean? Like you just know this is equal. This is exactly what those other places were. This is exactly where they should be. This has all the ingredients and you fish it and you don't get a bite. I would fish that area multiple more times before I completely write it off. That would be, that would probably be the number one thing that I've learned along with, and here's a really good one. And this doesn't have to do with ledges or offshore spot. This is talking about like, say you're in a, you're in what we like to call a junk fishing tournament where you're just kind of bouncing around, you know, you're, you might be catching a few off boat docks and you might be catching a few, you got one, you know, you got one little shallow ledge you're catching a few off of and, and you're just kind of junking it up. Repeating the same piece of cover that you caught a fish off of previously in the day it should be done a lot more than i think than i think anglers do and i'm going to give you the perfect for instance of of why i think this i've seen this play over multiple times and i'm talking about whether it's a a, a brush pile you know out in front of a boat ramp but but my point is it's going to be isolated cover so whether it's a, a brush pile on a point or, or whether it's a, a boat dock or, or, you know, like a big lay down, not like a little stick lay down that, you know, fish would be spawning on. I'm talking about a big lay down, like a couple bass could live in it. Hitting, 
hitting pieces of cover like that multiple times in the day. I can't tell you how many times that I've watched MLF and, you know, we have whatever, 16 cameras going at any one time, but I also have another screen. So I'm watching the 16 guys with cameras, but I have another screen that has all 40 guys that are on the water per day and I'm watching their GPS locations and I can see where they are. And I can't tell you how many times, and once again, this is just another for instance, but say there's a stretch of five boat docks, okay? And, and say the second to last one has a red roof. And I'll see a guy pull in and fish those five boat docks. He catches one off the second to last boat dock, the one with the red roof. And I said, I don't have anything to do with the red roof. That's just for identification purposes. He takes off. An hour later, another guy pulls in, fishes the same stretch of five docks. He catches a three-pounder off the red roof dock, the second to last one. He takes off. Ten minutes later, another angler pulls in. He catches a two-pounder off the boat dock with the red, you know. like And and all these guys fished all five docks. They all caught one off the same dock. They all probably think they're the only one that's fishing it, and they caught the only bass underneath of it. And, you know, and they take – and it's just amazing to see – how many pieces, uh, you know, how many pieces of cover, how many fish can actually be on that? And, and I'm not saying sit up, sit there and pull up to that red boat dock and just fish it all day long. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying whatever makes that be either a feeding station or it's just a place where a lot of fish live. Um, but I, I haven't seen where, like I said, where somebody will sit there. And, and just keep fishing it and fishing it and fishing the same dock or the same lady. I haven't seen that that often, but very much I've seen where guys can, you know, the guys that don't even realize they're fishing behind somebody pull in and catch fish off the same piece of cover. So like, I think what I would do if I was in a tournament situation like that, say I know at two fifteen I have to start running to get back to weigh in at one fifteen I would stop my day and I would go back and retrace every piece of isolated cover I caught a fish off of all the way back to the boat ramp. I think that's something that I would definitely, because it's amazing how many guys catch a fish during the day off the same piece of cover. Like, <laughs> it's, it, it happens a lot. How often is it the same bait, or is it guys come and present a different bait on that same piece uh, of cover? Most of the time, it'll be the same category of bait. Gotcha. But, like, I'm not saying that... Every single guy uh, caught one, you know, on a Nichols Pulsator half ounce spinner bait and JT Chartreuse Shad. Like, no, but right. everybody might have caught caught him on a spinner bait or a, or a vibe jig. You know what I'm saying? Or they might have all been caught on a some kind of plastic. You know what I mean? Where one guy might have, you know, flipped a pack of craw up there, and the next guy flipped a worm under there. You know, whatever. But but a lot of times it's the same. And you know that's kind of. You guys know how it is. You're, 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 you guys are in the sport, fans of the sport. You see that, you know, in these big multi-day national professional tournaments, that 75% of the field's all throwing the same thing anyway, the same category. Right. Because that's what's going on. You know, it's a pitching bite or, or it's a cranking bite or it's a vibe jig bite. Like, and you see most of them are doing it. So, how, so yeah. how important, how important is it, do you think, to make like small bait modifications? Not, not actually physically small, but make like little modifications to your bait. Say when you're hitting that piece of cover for the second, third time throughout the day, like, is it a good thing to do to switch up from a straight white spinner bait <laughs> to either adding some chartreuse or changing your blade colors? Like, is that like something that's going to trigger that next bite? Because the fish has already seen the bait you presented the first time. 
that well that would be well hopefully the fish that is you know because at the regular tournaments you know we're not putting them back like in a major league fishing event so hopefully the fish is in my live well he isn't gonna get to see it again right right but 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 that would all be like a, a, a fluid decision during the day like like if you think the bait you're throwing like you're like you're freaking dialed you're like every cast when i throw this bait like i know they're chewing the paint off this thing no nah, i'm throwing exactly the same thing but if it's one of those days where I'm kind of piecemealing my day together, sure, I might. You know, like I said, I would stick with the same thing. Like if I pitched a pack of crawl up under there and caught one, this time when I go back, I might pitch a jig up under. You know, but I would stay in the same. I wouldn't try to throw a top lifter under there. You know, right, right. Caught one on a worm the time before. So yeah, I would. Like I said, if I didn't think I was super dialed, I'd probably change. And if I thought I was dialed, I'd go. I'd go right in with exactly the same thing. What do you got, Josh? We have a lot of questions, actually. Um, this is a two-part question. Uh, Johnny wants to know, what's your go-to bait on the cold front in Florida? And he also asked, um, how do you... Wait, I lied. Oh, and do you re recommend a weight line weight change? What's your, well, um, let's start with your, your go-to bait during the cold front in Florida. What, that's a great question because those Florida strain are the most difficult fish on the planet i think we should probably get rid of them but uh you know they're they're difficult in a cold front man what what is your go-to well first off i want to give a shout out to john knee he bought one of my boats a long he did long mention that yeah, he said in 2016 ago. it was his best ranger he bought oh. awesome awesome i'm glad he was happy with that i remember i fished a tournament at lake champlain and on the way down i went to new jersey and dropped it off and i hadn't spent a whole lot of time in New Jersey and I pulled up and tried to pump my own gas and I got chastised for it. And I've been scared of New Jersey <laughs> ever since. Um, you didn't get arrested. Right. I, was, I mean, you know, my whole life, I didn't know. I've been pumping my gas for, for 45 years. Sudden, the I'm, real question <laughs> was, did you enjoy getting your gas pumped for you? <laughs> no, it, it, I felt violated, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't so the first weird. time that day I felt violated. So anyway, there, there's a lot of different things that that can work during a cold front but when i say a lot i'm not talking about like 30 you know what i mean and, and also before the keyboard warriors jump out everybody fingers down for a second when i'm talking about this kind of stuff i'm talking in generalities i'm talking about what happens 70 or 80 percent of the time and everything in fishing there's always an outlier there's always going to be that one time where that guy said well, big cold front came through and I caught every one of them on a 12 inch ribbon tail worm. Of course you did, bub. You know, like there's always an outlier. But when we're talking, especially this stuff, like I like to, you know, with with everybody, all the subscribers and everybody in the Bass View family, it's it's I'm talking about the stuff that works proven over and over again. There's going to be outliers for everything, you know, so but this is just the stuff that's proven for me. One thing, if you have a lot of vegetation around during a cold front, Punching's a big deal. I like to throw a Nichols JT Kenny Grass Wizard jig if I can get away with a one ounce weight and still be efficient because I think your hookup ratio on a jig is is out of this world. Um, if if I have to go heavier than that, I'll go to an ounce and a half and uh, a Trocar TK one thirty three hook, you know, and and just, and just a bare plastic bait. You know, I really like a, a net bait pocket slim works really good. Um, but there's that. And then the other, the, the next couple of baits, I'll, I'll, I'll go over real quick. I'm not going to try to take up our whole day with this thing, but a lipless crankbait, a spinnerbait, and a vibe jig are also really good baits to use 
during a cold front. And why I say that is that during a cold front, the fish, obviously, as we all know, they kind of slow down a little bit. They're not as aggressive. Their strike zone's a little smaller. And you almost have to get them, and we use this term a lot, you have to get them to react to something. So, so crawling a worm along the bottom is something that that fish actually has to go down and, and, and want to bite that bait. Whereas when a lipless crankbait that's making a lot of racket anyway, so fish is probably sitting there, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming like he's got a headache because the pressure's changed really quick. It's not because of vodka. That's the guy that's throwing the bait. That's what his head is <laughs> this is This is from the, the pressure, you know, so, so, so that fish, like he doesn't want to go after anything. So when, when, a, when a lipless crankbait is, <laughs> goes right by his face, you know, like you and I go like this, like something gets right in our face and it's making a lot of racket. Well, fish can't do that. God put in that fish in innate, just his idea is just chomp instead of like, he's not going to get his little fin up there and try to get it out of his face. You know what I mean? He's just going to bite it because his mouth is, you know, what, what he has to do. So that's why these, these like, spinner baits and 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 lipless crankbaits and vibe jigs you know it, it almost goes against your thought process originally you're like well, i need to low and slow and all this stuff where the that agitation factor of a jig or not a jig excuse me but but a lipless crankbait a spinner bait or a vibe jig it's it just and and it, to me i during a cold front with those three baits they're moving baits i'll impart a lot of action into it and, and Pete, you and I have fished a lot of tournaments before where both of us have done well on that technique is instead of throwing a, a, a lipless crankbait out, just reeling it in. I mean, I'm popping it, hopping it, letting it flutter, popping it again. I mean, I'm juking and jiving. I mean, I'm swimming that thing, making it do a lot of stuff. And so many times, I, to me, in my mind, I swear, that's what makes it happen. You know, like that lipless crankbait comes up and you pop it and it flutters and then you flare it again. And it's just, it's right in front of him. He just, and just, you know, out of, spike or whatever you want to call it he just hits it so so to me those are like the four main things the, the jig or a punch rig in, in heavy vegetation or or i'm going lipless crankbait nickels pulsator spinnerbait or you know some kind of vibe jig whatever your whatever your favorite vibe jig is that's great that's great stuff and and i you know i'm still confused remember when we know they told us to cut our jigs off when we went to florida yeah. What 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 happened? I don't know. Who told you that? Every local they, every, yep. every person you'd go down there like my first trips to Florida. Keep your jigs at home for whatever reason. They don't bite them here. It's all soft plastics and I think they were trying to lie mislead to me. Yeah. You think, think so? so. <laughs> Has the forage changed or did we just buy into the doc talk back then? I think, I think we bought into it. And, and you know the funny thing is there there was a little flutter of of a, a jig thing years and years ago and everybody just swept it under the rug but i can't remember i can't even remember the angler's name but he was he was one of that bunch that ran with uh his last name might have been daniels but not steve daniels from florida but he ran with like todd Otten and chris bumgardner and that great daniels did he he won a tournament on okeechobee a long time ago i think it was craig daniels i think I on a jig, so. and everybody just wrote it off like, ah, oh, he must have been on so many fish that he just won anyway. No, they were biting a jig, yeah. you know, but he won it on a jig, or maybe he finished second or something. 
But but I remember thinking, man, that guy caught him on a jig. You're not supposed to catch him on a jig down here. He was <laughs> apparently he was ahead of the game, but it just got swept under the rug. It, it was it was almost like it was almost like some kind of misinformation deal from the United States government. Like it was a big deal. It just got swept under the rug. Like it was a it was amazing. And then nobody was using jigs in Florida again. And it was like everybody was like, did that happen or did we wait? out? okay, well I guess we're just back to soft plastics again. And then all of a sudden, like, finally, then it finally came out, you know, like years down the road, you know, Ish won a big tournament down there. Yeah. Obviously, Ish is one of the greatest shallow water fishermen in the world anyway. But Ish wins a big tournament down there. And then it comes out. And then you got Brandon Medlock. And now all the locals, now that's all they throw is a jig. And heck, I designed the JT Kenny Grass Wizard jig from Nichols just because of that. You know what I mean? And now, yeah. now I throw this one all the time. I mean, so it, it's it just kind of it was like a weird deal, but it's it gets out of the bag now. Oh man, it, it just goes to show, man. You got I tried not to listen to. I'm like, man, I'm a I'm I'm a jig fisherman. I'm I'm going to I'm throwing my jig. I don't care what you say, but it creeps into your head yeah. after like the second hour without yeah. a bite with yeah. your jig. You're like, man, I I guess they're right. I guess they won't bite a jig, and you you put it down and uh, and you got victimized. Sure what is the best way to not buy into doc talk? Just don't listen. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Hey, do you have a method? Do you do you run from doc talk? Or JP just doesn't try. I, <laughs> yeah, I try really hard not to try. No, because I, I like fishing. You know what I mean? Like, and I love talking about fishing, and I like fishing, yeah. so I have to hear the doc talk. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like you know that's that's a big deal to me. Like, I, like I love sitting at the at the boat ramp at the end of the day, leaning against my truck, drinking a beer, talking to the guys about what they caught. Like that's like that that's part of it to me. It's part of the right. the family of us as bass fishermen, or just anglers in general, or outdoorsmen for that matter. Like just hanging out and talking about it afterwards is is, is half the fun. So Do you ever just say to them like you're crazy. You oh know. yeah! Oh, I, my, my one of my very favorite lines is when somebody starts telling me a story, and I can tell it's all of a sudden just it's gotten too far fetched. I just like to say, "Yeah, that's that tells well, but that really didn't happen." <laughs> and then they don't know whether to think I'm an asshole or if I'm a nice guy. Like, they don't like they don't know how to take that. And like I like swimming and awkward. It's kind of a thing for me that I really enjoy, and that's one of my ways that I kind of get it out there. That, so funny. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I, I've learned over the years, like, like if, if it doesn't make any sense, I, I just try to block it out. But it, it's hard. It creeps in, though. You know, I mean. I, I got to interrupt you. I got to interrupt you <laughs> when it doesn't make any sense. So do you realize, and I love to tell this story, but before the Alabama rig got popular, about nine months before it got popular, Andy Poss walked up to me in a Walmart handed me one of those things and said, dude, you got to try this. This is going to be the next biggest thing. <laughs> Pete, you just said it. It didn't make sense in my mind. So honest as I'm sitting here, honest engine, walking out of the Walmart, I threw that Alabama rig right in the trash can as I walked Get out. Get out of here. Oh, my God. Oh, 100%. Well, Pete had a catamate in for four years. Walked in my truck, and, and, <laughs> and nine months later, I'm bending – uh, hangers around trying to make an Alabama rig. Uh, <laughs> Here I am. Well, you know, hey, that's what happens. I, I'm guilty. Like Rich said, I I, uh, I was down in Florida doing a media junket, and a guy gave me a, a, a handful of chatterbaits. And I threw them on the bottom of my boat. They sat there for about two months. Until they got rusted? 
until they got Russ and then never made a cast with him. Mm -hmm. it, it was like a, a year late. Brian Thrift wins. Yeah, Brian, Brian Thrift, Thrift won wins, everything. Wins again, wins again. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'll try it. Yeah. Still, I said, it's still stupid, Laura. I can't. It doesn't work. It's got a dumb lip. It's got no weed guard. It's dumb. And uh, and then it was. I was down in down in Florida and. And I'm in a boat, and it's cold front, just like you said, a vibrating jig. And my partner, you know, commences to just unloading them on, on them in my boat. And, and I'm like, I got some. They're rusty, but I've tied one on, and uh, and I caught 50 bass that day. Wow. And I still thought it was a joke. I still thought it was a fluke. Uh, and it, really? it still took me because it oh still God. took me – like another six months before all of all of a sudden the light bulb went off and uh dude i did this i'm gonna admit it again i did the same thing with the sanko <laughs> i'm like this is dumb it looks like a pencil this doesn't do anything why would anybody ever think to throw this dumb thing <laughs> And I got burned with that too. So, uh, <laughs> so just do the opposite of what your mind thinks. I know it happens to everybody. Everybody's got their thing. Mine was the Ned rig. I refused yeah. to throw that for years. And then the very first time I threw it, three pounds smalling. First yeah. cast. I'm like, game changer. <laughs> yeah. it, it's complex because I try to, like, I think, oh man, I, you know, I'm, I'm at the Bass University. I've heard the greatest anglers. Mm -hmm. I know how to dissect. The, the BS, I can cut right through it. And yeah. obviously I cannot. <laughs> but uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. That doc talk is uh, is great. But you're right. I like what you said about that. That is the fun part is. is to just hanging out, listening, listening to the lies yeah. and the deceit, yeah. you know. Uh, but you have to learn how to pick those little pieces out. You know what yeah. I mean? Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. Rusty little... said that the Bash Sweet. University is doc talk, doc talk, but on steroids. Doc talk <laughs> on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's the stuff that works. You know? Yeah, exactly. The, is. the yeah. best is when you do something kind of off the wall and it works, and you're telling people and they don't believe you anyway, so you can just tell them straight up truth. Like, you just see their eyes mm -hmm. like yeah. shut up you're lying sure and that really happened yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 jt's never going to shoot us that straight at, at the dock there's no way he caught him on now nah, he's got to be lying he's he's, he's using something else <laughs> only time he ever tells the truth is on bats you yes that's right uh Hey, by the way i want you to check out jt's seminar uh temperature trends uh, at bashu.tv has a great great seminar as a matter of fact one of our students just reached out to me and he was heading to florida and he's pulling up all of your stuff uh to get schooled up on you know what he's going to be facing down there and just raved about that seminar in particular jt as uh, one that helped him a lot well you know and, and and that's since we're talking cold fronts today it's you know I'm, i don't want to sit here and reiterate the whole seminar but but, but to give the people that are watching us today, to give them just a little piece of it, is that so many times up north, you got, you know, Pete, you're in New Jersey, you know, fish the, the mid-Atlantic and the northeast a lot. Uh, you know, in the springtime when the water temperature hits 52 degrees, you, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're probably up on the bank. They're, they're not spawning, but you know what I mean? They're getting up, they're moving around, they're doing their thing. Um in the southeast and Florida in particular, it's really it doesn't really work like that. It, it's much more of a mild climate down here. So the, the things that really influence fish behavior 
in the Southeast is so much more of a trend. Whereas if, if, you know, whatever the water temperature is and then it gets cold. Okay. And and let's just say the water temperature goes down to 45 degrees and then, which is pretty cold for, it's really, I'd be really cold in Florida, but you know, in Georgia and stuff, it gets down to that sometimes when it goes, starts to go back up, you will have, and I have no problem with saying this, you will have an explo- explosion of fish of activity. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my perfect example, and, and I, love to, I love to give this example when I'm talking about this, is Chris Lane of the, of the Lane royalty fishing family. Yeah. Uh, he won a tournament on Lake Okeechobee. And funny enough, Bobby, his brother, and, and one of my best friends, uh, Bobby finished second. They both caught them on skinny dippers. The, the reaction invasion, the first one of the boot tail, you know, everybody makes one now. Berkeley makes one, that bait makes, everybody makes one. But they were both throwing skinny dippers. They finished first and second in 58 degree water, buzzing it on the surface. And Florida bass were coming up. Right. And, doosh, doosh, doosh. Mm. I mean, they, they blew the tournament away. They beat, they beat all the rest of us like, like we weren't even there. Nobody would have ever thought to do that, but this taught me this most valuable lesson, and I and, and I took it and had success with it too. But why those Florida fish were just crushing that skinny dipper on the top, bubbling, making a bubble trail with it at 57 degrees is because four days ago it was 45 degrees. So the right. water temperature had gone up 12 degrees just because it wasn't at a high number. It was 12 degrees higher than what it was four or five days ago. So that had those fish acting the full at 57 degree water, which 57 degree water is normally about what a coastal puts the water to in Florida, maybe 55, you know what I'm saying? So, so it, it, that's why you have to look at the trend, whether it's going down or whether it's going up, you have to look at that trend instead of the actual digits and don't make your decision off of digits. And, and, and the first say, say Pete, say you're coming to Florida and, and, and just say, just for fun, you're going to come down fish headwaters for three days because it's awesome. You're going to stay at my house. We're going to have some beers in the evening. We're going to have some good time. First day. You how, go how do I book that JT? <laughs> All my way. The, the, the first day you get to headwaters, you go put your boat in the water, put your trolling motor in, and the water temperature is 61 degrees. You immediately, in your mind, have ideas of how to catch fish at 61 degrees. But to me, now knowing the, the importance of the trends of water temperature, I wanna know what it was six days before my first day of fishing, five days before, four days, three days, two days, and one day. And I wanna see if it's on an uptrend or if it's on a downtrend. And that's how in the Southeast you have to make decisions, techniques and lore specific decisions and all that you can find obviously right here on Bass University. All you guys that are subscribers, you go back and see whether it's warming up or cooling off. You know, this whole thing I'm talking about, I'm not even getting into techniques of how to catch them. I'm just telling you how to pick the techniques is you want to know what happened five or six days up to your first day of fishing and what the water temperature is then it'll make a huge difference 
a- a- excellent advice. And uh, guys, if you're not subscribed, you got access to all this stuff. Uh, we have an awesome promotion. It's sixty nine dollars for a six month subscription, and you get this cool Nichols Lures pack, which we're gonna bust open right now to see what's see what's inside. While I'm open, I gotta ask you this because you brought him up, Bobby Lane. How crazy were you when he weighed that fish for the third time and it went two pounds? It, that was crazy when he won Red Red Crest. That was. Like it's it still gets me freaked out because I was sitting there at the desk up on that stage. Yep. And and, and of course, don't get me wrong. You know, he he beat out Luke, and 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 they're they're all really close right there, right? So so you know, I'm buddies with all those guys. So like, however it would have fallen, but you know, but Bobby and I roomed together for years. You know, and 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 just to see him win and to see him win like that. You know that was that was absolutely amazing. I mean, it, that like that's what the major league fishing format was. That's what it was supposed to do. That's yeah. like it worked mm-hmm. right there. That was, you know, it 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 felt like the the sport I love, the sport I've grown up in. It's been my whole life. Uh, it actually felt at that moment like when I called it a sport, it actually was. You know what I mean? Like it went down to the buzzer, went down to the wire, it went down to that, and and you know it it, it worked out. And of course, like I said, Bobby's one of my best friends, so I was super stoked for him. You know, but but it was cool to see all that that kind of go down. And obviously now I don't, I don't know if, you know get into too much of this conversation, but you know obviously now MLF has decided. Well, MLF didn't really decide; the anglers decided that they wanted to go back to a five fish format. And and if that's what they wanted to do, that's what they wanted to do. Personally, I'm pretty disappointed about that. And and when I talk about this kind of stuff, these are my opinions. This has nothing to do with MLF. I don't work for MLF. I'm just an independent contractor. I'm not speaking on their behalf. It has nothing to do, but just me personally, I'm disappointed that they went back to a five fish limit. And, and not that I think it's bad. I think it will help endemically you know the people that are are in this industry it's just it's it's a five fish place and 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 a lot of people didn't like the all the fish count and i think it's uh i think it's going to help within the industry but the whole mission statement when we started this this uh you know the mlf when when, you know everybody left their posts wherever they were at flw or bass and and we all went decided you know we're going to do this thing the whole mission statement was to truly make it a sport, make it really big, make it way bigger than it's ever been before. And by in, in my place of, of work in, in the MLF studio, there's about 20 people that work out there. And this is where it really hit me because I was a big five fish fan. I'm five fish. Like that's, you know, what I liked and everything. Just all about it. I didn't really understand at the beginning the whole all the fish count thing myself. I didn't know why we weren't doing five fish, but it didn't matter. I don't make decisions. So I talked to all the people that work in the, the studio out in Tulsa and they say like, you know, they're, they're all awesome people. They're all cool. You know, we go have a beer after work, you know, and, and talk and stuff. And they, they all had their opinions when we started covering the, the pro circuit, which is the former FLW tour when, when MLF bought them. And we also cover the Bass Pro Tour. 
So, and all these guys that I work with, you know, the sound guys, the producers, the executive producers, the director, the graphics guy, you know, that all these guys, there's like 20 of them that work out there in the studio. They all reiterate how they love the Bass Pro Tour and they really don't like watching the Pro Circuit. And I'm like, well, you know, why? Because I kind of like the Pro Circuit because it's, you know, five fish. Well, all these guys are all career broadcasters, right? You know, in the broadcasting industry, they're not on, in front of the camera, they're behind it, but they're all in there, right? So they all say that uh, it, it just doesn't, the other one doesn't feel like a sport. They said that the Bass Pro Tour feels like a sport. And I go, well, how, what do you mean? How it's still, there's still somebody winning. They're still, and they're like, yeah, but you don't find out who wins until like, Two hours after the show's over, they go, I've never done a basketball game and I didn't know who won until two hours after it. And the other guy says, well, I've never covered a NASCAR race and didn't know who won until two hours after it. And then another guy chimes in and he goes, yeah, and you know what else is stupid about it? And once again, this is just me reiterating stories. This isn't my my opinion. But he said, you know what else is stupid about it? He goes, why when you score five times that you your next score has to be a better score than the score of one other one? He goes, when, he goes, when a team makes five baskets in a basketball game, the sixth basket doesn't have to be further back than the fifth one, and it counts more, and they take one away. They can just keep scoring. If you can score ten touchdowns, score ten touchdowns in a football game. Don't limit me to only five touchdowns and tell me which ones are the ones that mean more than another one. They go, so every time you make a basket, it counts. Right. And I was like, son of a bitch. You're right. Like, and it was like, boom. Like it hit me, like, and then all of a sudden I was like, "It is. It does feel like more of a sport." And but, those guys are the non-endemics, the outsiders, the the, the ones that are not really in fishing. And correct. us as anglers, five fish makes perfect sense. But Absolutely. to try to explain culling to somebody that's never fished a tournament before, they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. True story. Yes. Yeah. So, so my point is, I think it's going to help MLF in endemically in within the industry i think it is going to help them i think it is losing sight of the initial mission statement which is to make the sport bigger and i think what happened is it didn't you know it didn't grow as fast as everybody on the mlf side either thought was going to or was told it was going to but it was growing. Like I, we, we get to see the numbers. Like it was every year it was growing. It just, it wasn't growing at this rocket ship rate that everybody thought it was going, going to go, but it hundred percent, we were getting more and more and we are getting more and more viewers every year. We had more viewers in 20 than we had in 19. We had more viewers in 21 than we had in 20, you know, and more in 22 than in 21. Like it, it was growing and I'm just disappointed that we didn't push through and keep going and see if we really can make it bigger than it's ever been before. Like, I just feel like we're just got into a safe, got back to a safe place. You know what I mean? Where everything's going to be fine. You know, everything's going to going to work and it's going to go through. And like I said, and it is going to, it is going to help in the short term. I guarantee it's going to help. There's going to, you know, we'll probably gain back some of the viewers that didn't like, you know, all the fish count and, you know, this and that, and that will help, but it just, you know, it's like a little bite here instead of a big bite way down the road. It's, yeah, that's what an interesting perspective. Never really thought about it like that. I like watching it all. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm I'm a fan. Uh, if lives on, I don't care if they're fishing for five or every fish counts. I'm I'm fanatical about it. I'm out in my boat 
and I have live on at my feet, you know, I'm with my iPad or something, and I'm I'm watching the the tournament going on while I'm trying to catch a fish, you know. Um, <laughs> I do too, but most of the time it's on the same thing. It's just this picture of my buddy that just like, swims <laughs> over his rods and falls in the water on live. <laughs> That's that's the, I just yeah. keep playing that one instead of watching all these other ones. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, it's funny. I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, JC. That, that was one of the greatest things on live I've ever seen. That was so. I was like, is he okay? Okay, he's okay. <laughs> oh, Great. good I lord! Classic. I know that's crazy. They, the, my friend Sean wrote a theme song. I even got a theme song now because I fell in the water. Nice. When nice. you fall in like that, you're supposed to win, JT. What <laughs> happened? How come I didn't pull the win off? You're close. You're getting there. Yeah. I got. I got on my YouTube. Guy. On on one of my YouTube uh, deals, I've got the. Uh, four different camera angles of me at stick marsh one day and I'm hung up on a stump and I'm spinning the boat around like this, trying to get unhung. And I spun the boat just a little too far and hit another stump and went, Ooh. I mean, went off it. Luckily we had four cameras on it at the same time. So there's like four different angles of me. just. <laughs> I wish we had other angles. <laughs> I'll be searching YouTube later. Yeah. That's oh, it's on there. You're lucky. There's that heart on, on a stump, <laughs> yeah, right. you know? That's that's dangerous. Or eaten by an alligator. You're lucky you didn't ah. get impaled by rebar. Yeah, yeah. I did. Ah, I'm alligators won't bother you. I dodged the rebar. I, I was talking with uh, somebody about the uh, the MLF format change. I forget where I was at, but they were saying they did some th statistical research on uh, on the you know the winners, and they they back tracked to see if they would have won with a five best, and it and. It looks like they said most of the time the the guy would have won either way. It was about a little more than 80% of the time. Is that right? Wow. Yep. And when you go down through the top 10, it was there would just be maybe one or two spots might have gone like this. Okay. So it's it's going to be really the same. Now, that is not true of the 2019 season when it was a one-pound minimum. That is not true. But from 2020 through 2022, that is 100% factual information. That, I, that I, results... I thought this might be like a Jacob Wheeler or Dustin Cannell rule, trying to put the brakes on those guys. Uh, there might have been some people that voted for it that maybe thought that. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, there might yeah, have been some I mean, people that thought that. Dude, those dudes are going to catch them regardless of the format. I don't care if it's Agreed. one fish, two fish, five fish, ten fish. It doesn't matter. Dr. Seuss JT. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. I don't want any green eggs and ham, though. I, do, I don't like green eggs. I, 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 no, I like <laughs> eggs. Don't get me wrong. Ostrich eggs are amazing, and so are duck eggs. I'm on a duck egg kick right now. But I think that Jacob Wheeler, Dustin Canal, you know, Ott, just those guys that are just—they're going—they're going to beat you, regardless. Whatever, whatever they are, just—they're in that stage of their career right now where they're on top of their game, and 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 they don't think about anything else. Every thought in their head is how I'm going to catch the next bass, or how what's my strategy going into this next tournament. Like they don't go home and 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 relax with the family. They might go home with their family. But trust me, I, I understand, like, in the back of their head, it's just constantly, what's, what can I, you know, what can I do? 
where, I mean, I was never like that. And maybe that's why I never, you know, was that hyper successful as Dustin Connell, you know what I'm saying? Or, or you know, or Wheeler or, or these guys that are top of the sport right now, but that's how they are. Like I see it, like I see it when I'm talking to them, like, like they're so thinking about the next thing, the next way they can do something better that they all, that, that sometimes they almost are hard to carry on a conversation with because you can tell half their brain isn't even in this conversation. Half their brain yeah. is, is tweaking something to make it, you know, where, where they can win more. And, and, and they're in that, you know, that mid thirties just ate up with it. And, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying they're dominating, but it's, that's where it comes from is, is in any sport, you know, the, the, the people that reach that pinnacle, it, it is their whole life, you know, and to be that dominant among that many great, whether you want to call fishermen athletes or, or competitors or whatever, whatever name you want to call them, but to, to, to be at the top of a sport that's that competitive, you have to be completely ate up with it. And, and that's where those guys are right now. And that's why I say it wouldn't matter. There's no technique. There's no nothing. It would be one fish, all of them. But Wheeler and Canel and that group that's hot right now, it's, they're still going to win. There's a, a lot of people on the message board that are asking a lot of questions about this new format. But basically, they want to know, will you will they still get to see all the fish catches on the new format, even though it's the five fish limit? Uh, so obviously I don't make those decisions. That's a day to day or minute to minute decision from our director and our executive producer, what they decide, which fish catches they decide to slide into the stream. Hmm. Um, I would think on tournaments where the catch rate is not really quick, it's not a high catch rate. Yes. You're going to see every single fish and when they weigh them, whether it's, you know, whether it counts to their five fish limit or not. Um, on events, say like some of those northern smallmouth events and stuff where the guys are just catching, 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 catching. Um, you're probably not going to see all the catches. You know what I mean? Just because there's and, and that's the way it was even beforehand, yeah. e even even before, you know, we got 16 cameras running out there. We got way more cameras than, 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 you know, any of the other shows out there. And there's no way when, you know, when the fishing's good, you can't put all the fish catches into the stream. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There, 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 there's not enough uh, time in the day, even though we're broadcasting for nine hours or whatever it is, you couldn't. But so, but that, that, that would answer that question. And like I said, it's not my decision, but by any means, that's the director and the producer and the executive producer's decision. But, but yeah, when the catch rate's slow, you're going to see every single fish. And when the catch rate's high, you're probably not. But you will see everybody that falls in the water. Absolutely. Well, I hope so. If not, I'm going to be mad. And once again, I don't have any pull. I'm just saying what I see on the screen. But I'll certainly be walking around the office goosing people saying, why didn't we play that? Why didn't we play that? <laughs> I think that's the worst we thing. We have a lot of people on the message board that want to see what's inside that box. That I, holding. I know. I've, I've been I've been baiting them for quite a long time, but we keep talking about <laughs> such interesting stuff that we can't get to it. Tell me which is your favorite stuff. I've got a, a Dirty Jake's uh, jig. It looks like a looks like it might be a swim jig. I can't. Re and we've got uh, we've got some shaky heads from uh, Dirty Jigs Tackle. We've got another uh, finesse style jig. Looks like a football style jig head. This looks like one of JT's jigs. It is, I think. 
right there. Nice. What I need is some glasses or somebody that's young that can come over to <laughs> this stuff. This is a saber jig. So, uh, so it's, it's, it's a the saber swing jig. That's the one that we designed to use with fluorocarbon. So we have two different swim jigs. One is designed to be used with braid when you're in really heavy cover. One's designed to be used with fluorocarbon or mono when you're in lighter cover. So the saber jig, that's the one that you use with fluorocarbon. And why we designed that one is, you know, everybody wants a great big thick hook, right? You know, we all want to be all manly. Oh, my jig's got the biggest hook in it. But the problem is when you get in sparse cover and clear water and you want to throw fluorocarbon, on a long cast, you can't get a hook with that big, heavy wire jig. So we That's made right. two. We made the Saber mm -hmm. jig with a little bit lighter wire hook in it so you can get a good hook set on fluorocarbon. And then we made uh, the Sledgehammer, which there might be one in that box, too. We don't know what's in Pete's box, really. But we're, but we're getting there. Awesome box, man. Right? But that's we've the – We've got a flutter spoon. This oh, is kind of about a three flutter spoon, which uh, – Man, I love this. I love this size. I know everybody wants to throw the license plate, like you said, because <laughs> it's really <laughs> big. But this is a really awesome size, about a three-inch variety. Yep. It's got Smalley written all over it. I like it. And then we've got uh, – then we've just got a Pulsator. The very first tournament I ever won was on a Pulsator Nichols uh, spinnerbait down on Lake Martin. Um, I have one sitting right here as well. There's the, oh, I, this, I love this little orange blade. The 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 color blades are really cool. I like the one you're showing, JT, because you but you designed these for the tannic water of yep. Florida and elsewhere. Yeah, that one right there. Blades. One of the things that, that I love that Nichols does and, and and so many other companies don't do is is you know, here's the funny thing, and I'm not gonna try to take too much of our time, but we all throw green pumpkin june bug black and blue swim jigs but nobody throws green pumpkin and black and blue uh spinner baits and i'm like i don't i don't get it so we started making you know there's there's this one we've, we've got a couple different colors jt's uh title blue flag is is one that i really like and also there's uh we call it bce or best color ever so that's green pumpkin and black and blue mixed together it's like the two most you know iconic colors in bass fishing we it just really is the best color ever. Call it, it best color ever. BCE, best color ever. And you, <laughs> you can get that color in all of Nichols products that come with a with a skirt on it, whether it's a buzz bait or any of the jigs. You know, we got a million jigs. And, and, I, and you know, Pete, one thing, too, and I don't know if you might have said this earlier, but what, what some of our viewers today might not realize is as you were pulling those dirty jigs, uh, baits out of that Nichols Lures box, that Nichols Lures actually bought dirty jigs. So Nichols and, and Dirty Jig, one of the two most iconic, you know, for lack of a better term, two most iconic in recent history, you know, jig manufacturers and, and that kind of, you know, spinnerbait, that kind of, you know, non-soft plastic type stuff. There you can see Rez holding them up right there. They're, they have come together as one. And now they're still going to use both their names, but they've come together as one. And you want to talk about going to be a powerhouse in, in the jig space. It's those two right there, and now they're under the same roof. So I think that's awesome. Well, we're we're tickled to death to have them with Bash University and running this promotion with us. And uh, yeah, like I said, they, they, what what a what a kit 
uh, it's a fifty dollar value at least. I'm looking at it. It's got at least that. Yeah, it might be more. And yeah. uh, you know, for a six month uh, subscription to Bash University, and that's when does that end, Scott? Uh, we're gonna shut it down probably on Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. So get them get them while they're hot, while supplies last. And uh, want to <clears> give a give a big shout out. Thank you to Nichols and Dirty Jigs. Thanks for being part of the program, JT. Man, it was so much fun. We just we just burned up our uh, our Bash University live time slot, and uh, I I just awesome. it, it's great. Oh, as always having you and thank you so much for all the great stuff that you do for bash university oh man i i appreciate it i, I love being involved in it you know it's over the, i don't know how many years we've been working together now but it, it's been a lot of fun you know and covid kind of threw us a little loop and we still we, we worked our way around that and changed how we could do things a little bit to get everything done and and man it's just awesome i love being able to you know spread maybe a little bit of knowledge to, to all our students here at Bass University. And then, yeah, every once in a while, maybe get a little chuckle out of them too. It doesn't hurt anything either. <laughs> yeah, you, you always do that, and, and you do it on the show. We can't wait to see this year. Uh, what's the first tournament on the schedule? So February 8th will be my first day uh, on air, and that'll be the what used to be the, the uh, pro circuit is now going to be called the Invitationals. Um, and then and that, that's now a three-day event instead of a four-day event. And then immediately after that, we'll have a one- or two-day break. I know I don't even get to come home from the studio. We have a one- or two-day break. And then we go right into the first uh, Bass Pro Tour event of the year mm -hmm. at uh, Lake – it's at Lake Toho. Yeah. So so we got two, two Florida events, which I live – an hour and a half from those places and I'll be a million miles away in Oklahoma. <laughs> but that's how, that's the, the beauty of modern technology. That's how it works. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. So pretty much from uh, the, like the seventh to, or the, excuse me, the, uh, the eighth to like the 18th or something like that, other than one or two days, we're going to be on air. So there's going to all of a sudden going from nothing to there's going to be all kinds of live bass fishing to watch on TV. Love it. Awesome. I can't awesome. wait. We're going to be we're, we will all be watching. Uh want to wish you best of luck and uh and happy new year, buddy. You guys too, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, JT Kenny, everybody. That was awesome. Uh such awesome such fun deal. stuff, such cool stories, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe he threw the Alabama rig in the trash can. Threw it right in the garbage can. It's amazing. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I like when I gave up on the the lures i kept them right i didn't throw them out i kept them but i said so it still torments me even further you know they're right. right there i just never is there anything in your boat now that that you have that like you still haven't thrown like that a new bait new category anything like that that, that you haven't like worked your way into throwing yet i i i, I you know <laughs> You know what is is continues to to plague me uh, is the glide, yeah. And and I'm slow to come on now. I've caught fish with a glide, and I've yeah. I've tried to fold it into my fishing, uh, but I I haven't been aggressive enough with it. And, yeah. Uh, and I, that that's one that comes to mind. I guarantee you, there's 15 of them in there that are fish catchers that I just right. You know. For some reason, I just don't have confidence. Big in glides or just like in general, small glide, like the the whole category. Yeah. The whole category for real like the the big glides are what everybody's focused on but i really i want to get into this the medium and smaller size glides i think they have a home right for everyday fishing is that your new year's resolution the glide <laughs> yeah. yeah i think i've taken it i think i've taken that before my new year's resolution always is taking take a new technique and try to expand on it right. every every awesome. year 
I got, I, I got a couple in my my boat that I still haven't dove into and they're not necessarily um new categories but they're just kind of you know mods to certain baits like mm -hmm. the 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 jabber jaw style crankbait yeah or the six cents mm -hmm. with the 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 moving bill the move, moving metal bill i have a few of those and i haven't haven't thrown them yet and then the other one and this one's it's gonna be it's i can't believe i haven't put it to work yet the big blade chatterbait I uh, have yeah. not caught a fish on, yeah. have not caught a fish on the mini max chatterbait and have not caught a fish on the stealth blade chatterbait. You're going to like the mini max, my friend. That's what I, that's the, what I'm kind of on right mm -hmm. now. I, I, I yeah. have an order in for some and yeah. the Yamamoto made the three inch Zayko, which is a smaller size Zayko. Mm -hmm. So it's got to match up perfectly it does. with that mini max. So nice. yeah. yeah, but, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't toyed with those baits at yeah. all and probably yep. should. Yeah, I I still want to, I still want them to get an in between, like they have the they go all the way down to the mini max. Yeah. But I'd like to have that in between blade size. By the way, right, man. Mm. Uh, in if you're listening, in between the the standard <laughs> and the mini, I want that in between size. Right. Nico wants to know with the glides, do you use leader? Oh, do do I use a leader now? Now, now I'm going to come right out of the gate. I'm still learning my glide technique, but I'm throwing it on fluorocarbon. I float. I've I throw it on fluorocarbon uh, exclusively. Twenty, uh, twenty. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I and I honestly I need to. I've been. I want to step it up because when you're throwing a two hundred dollar plug, I'm here, I'm here. thinking like twenty five might be more at least. You know, have <laughs> give me a little bit more security. I, I I haven't gotten into the glides because I've seen so many guys get into the glides yeah. and get so stuck on them that like it almost it has negatively affected their the results their, yeah their mm -hmm. tournament fishing because yeah. you know you see you see the power of that big bait you see the power of the fish that it can draw out and a lot of times it shows you fish uh -huh. if the conditions are right yeah you catch them but i'm i'm kind of like mm, should i just stay in my lane yep. or do i need to go experimenting with these 250 dollars baits that if i backlashed and broke off i would cry and have to yeah. quit fishing <laughs> yeah yeah i hon honestly I, you know i've had most of my success with the glide is is with the uh with the storm bait which yeah. is a 40 dollars very durable bait it's great it's a great way to enter the the group wait a minute i've seen so your a, catches on a that glide bait, bait is 250 dollars. some of them are yeah, yeah a thousand bucks you can they're hand painted and... i will not be using a glide bait. <laughs> <laughs> but they look awesome uh and shout out to the, the yeah. folks like clutch and black talon mm. uh two great glide bait companies that uh that have you know been involved with bash university awesome. and, and there's a place for them man yeah. they work like without a doubt like the yeah. guys that are dialed with them yeah. you know it'll <laughs> put that key fish in the boat for you when you when you need it if the condition you gotta right. you gotta know when to put it down right tournament fishing you know? yeah and it's like you know how, but how long is that curve that learning curve to get to that point yeah. and like is it is it worth all the hours you're gonna put into it i guess it always is but well dan allen says he will not throw one until the war water is warm enough for him to go swimming no that's a great <laughs> that's actually a great thing to think i had a guy at the potomac bail on his boat jumped out of his boat and went swimming for a glide bait in one of the creeks 
I, I thought he fell overboard. He's yeah. like, no, man, I got a $125 swim bait hung on that stump. I'm going, going to in. Totally went in after That'd be it. a yep. problem for me because I do that for yep. $6 rattle yeah. traps if yeah. it's, if oh it's got God. the paint chewed off it. Like, I want yeah. that bait back, yep. let alone a $200 yep. wide bait. The older I, the beat I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh I, did, I did it in cold water in the spring uh, down on Tennessee River. I was throwing the top water uh, when the Sammy's first came out. Mm. Yep. And I got it hung up on a cable behind the dock system, oh. and uh, and I um, it was the only one I had. They, they, they weren't available, you know. And uh, I went swimming. I had to swim under the docks, swam over there, and the cable. I think you just like out. to go swimming. Yeah, maybe so. Especially during tournaments. That, that could be a pattern. For you, Don. I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly why all boats have ladders, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm a good swimmer, as everybody knows now. But uh, we're gonna take a break. Or do you want to go right into our giveaways? Let's give everyone a chance to okay. keep going. So don't forget, go like and share our Facebook feed, and you'll win that really awesome Nichols Lures prize pack. And we awesome will come back pack. with a trivia question for our subscribers. So if, if you're not a subscriber, you still have a chance. Go subscribe now. $69, and you get the Nichols Lures $50 prize pack, and you will be entered in a chance to win our trivia every single week. Okay. Most excellent. All right. Take a quick break. Take a quick break. I'll Come be back. right back and Take give some away tributes. some stuff. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense. It's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee they're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel. Providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology.
find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back to Bash University Live. Hey, guys. I, I, I really love that you guys hang out with us and enjoy our podcast. But a good friend of the show is, is starting a very unique podcast that I can't wait to listen in on. Is yeah. Ken, Ken Duke's uh, Big Bass Podcast. Is, uh, I believe this first episode is going to be dropping this evening. Um, you can check it out on all the, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube and all the others but check it out it's going to be exclusively about big bass world records world record smallmouth uh all the crazy and interesting stories that that revolve around you know chasing these these big giant fish and all the controversy it seems like there's controversy with every single fish catch which is is totally cool so uh it's called the big bass podcast by ken duke so go, guys go and check that out and um, do you want to ask the trivia question? Yes. Yeah. You ready? So, today's trivia question is, what was the high temperature on Christmas Day in Palm Beach, Florida? What was the high temperature in Palm Bay, Florida on Christmas Day? Palm Beach, Palm, where, wherever JT's from. What was the <laughs> high temperature on Christmas Day? It was cold. And that oh. that's not the answer. Florida cold. Oh, we oh, got man. we got a winner. <laughs> that was quick. Holy crap. Brett, congratulations. You won our trivia question with 41 degrees. They wow. got that quicker than they used to get the Ken Duke trivia question. Uh, mm. That's intense. Great job, Brett. Congratulations. We're gonna hook you up with a cool Nichols lore and dirty jigs gift pack. Uh awesome. Thanks for watching and liking and share us over there on Facebook. Appreciate you guys. Uh by the way, it's Ticket Tuesdays, go yep. over to the thebashuniversity.com and get your ticket for a Bash University class. It's awesome. Hanging out for an entire Saturday and Sunday. It's a great time to do it in January and February. Check out the dates and locations over at thebashuniversity.com and get your tickets. 
uh, while you can. We've got a great promotion that ends tonight. We got a really cool gift pack, including some Rapala stuff, Bash University face shield, some really cool Bash University stuff. Uh, and that that promotion ends tonight. So get that early bird. Uh, take advantage of that special going on at thebashuniversity.com. What's going on at the Ike Foundation? The Ike Foundation, we are actually doing a fundraiser, and it's a really cool uh, fundraiser that's going on. We have, there's only 200 tickets available um, at $100 a piece to win Ike's Kayak, Hobie Kayak. Um, it, it's a great fundraiser. It gets donations in to get kids fishing and in the outdoors, and it's and you could win a kayak with that, so... Go on over and purchase some kayak mm. tickets. Awesome. At ikefoundation.org. Is that yep. where they do Ikefoundation.org. that? Ikefoundation.org. Yep. Okay. Very, oh. very, very sweet. Cool. We also have a trivia winner. Or a like and share. Like and share. Sorry. <laughs> My mind is all over the place. Um, We actually, one of our subscribers won, Dan Allen. Congratulations. You won our Dan. like and share mm, contest. Nice. Congrats, Dan. Thanks. And appreciate you uh, watching and liking and sharing over there. The uh, I want to next week we're gonna be we're gonna be having a uh, Craig Duran in studio, the environmental director at Bash University. We've yes. had we've had you know we're battling anglers access rights. Are you guys you guys dealing with this? Uh, we are in a, in a few of our lakes around here, and we're we're doing something about it. Uh, and Craig is leading the charge for Bash University, and we're gonna be talking about that and you know a lot of other uh important issues around the country it's going to be a a great show next tuesday we'll get you some more details as we get closer to the show uh so we'll see you here next tuesday at 11 o'clock i want to wish man thanks for watching guys happy new year everybody wishing wishing you all the best in 2023 uh, and we hope to see you at this year's classes and uh it's going to be a lot of fun hope to see you there i'm pete gluzek for the bash university happy new year everybody Happy New Year. Merry New Year.